spirituality and wealth. Are you keeping them separate? Join us on today's show as host Deborah Atian Wilson, known as the intuitive spiritual and wealth coach, kicks that old mindset to the curb. Many seem to think life needs to be spiritual or wealthy when you can actually be both. Listen to the only spiritual and wealthy show to help you create the life you want and the life that you deserve. Deborah's spiritual and wealthy show is about thinking and feeling differently about prosperity and wealth and how they are one. By being more playful about the ideas of spirituality and wealth and not taking ourselves so seriously. The Spiritual and Wealthy Show will support you through Deborah Atian Wilson's raw, authentic, and tell it like it is trademark radio style. So on with today's show, here's Deborah. And welcome, everyone, to our beautiful show, My Spiritual and Wealthy Peeps. I hope that you're thinking of yourself in that way, for sure. Uh, been off for a couple of weeks here, playing some some wonderful encore shows. That sounds so fancy, doesn't it? But really meant I wasn't around, so we played some old shows. So hopefully you enjoyed those if you hadn't heard them before. So what a crazy year. We're in April already. Shout out to my dad. A very happy birthday to him. He is older. <laughs> happy birthday, dad. Uh, so today we are going to finally be talking about money and money as a spiritual path. And I know a lot of people don't get that. They don't feel that this is part of their awakening or could be part of their awakening and that the idea of spirituality and wealth just don't really go together. And really, this is something Spirit even shows me by saying this morning the word taught. And this is something that we're taught. And this is just um, so anti-life, really, to just keep things so, so separate, which is a big reason I ended up writing the book, It's Okay to Be Spiritual and Wealthy, really in a sense to um, give people permission and also to perhaps see material wealth and the idea of wealth a little differently as I was given by uh, the angelic realm um, in my wonderful different meditations. And so uh, much of the book is channeled and much of the book comes from my own learning and unlearning and relearning and and is shared um, to support your own awakening. So if you haven't picked that up, I really wasn't going to plug my book. I'm not a, not a big plugger, um, so so to speak. It's, I'm learning. I'm learning to plug. Plug myself. I plug others really well. Like, hey, get their stuff. Um, but really, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, sweet book um, to support your own awakening in more than just the area of money. But today, we're going to talk about this aspect of money for sure. And one of the things that I wrote in uh, my book uh, that's standing out in bold. I have these teaching points, if you will, that I thought, ah, oh, you know, if I was reading this book, I would highlight that. So let me just highlight it for you. And um, what I say in there is attracting wealth in the form of money. So that already says that there's more to wealth than quote unquote just money. But attracting wealth in the form of money can be part of what supports your awakening. So what do, what do we really mean by awakening, right? Um, you know, Money, as well as the pursuit of money, uh, can really serve us to understand that we're creators. 
And that is part of our awakening that we are actually creating so much around us and within our lives. And we have a lot more control over our lives and within our lives than most of us have actually thought about. Um, most people think this is a, a funny word. I love to say willy nilly, like it's just all willy nilly or everything is destiny or everything is karma. And I think often when we say everything is everything except for everything is love, um, you know, we might want to just investigate that. How true are the things that we're thinking about and the things that we've learned and what we're believing. And we're going to talk about that today. So you can actually begin to learn that you're a creator. I mean, just think back to a time that perhaps you wanted something. Maybe it was an experience like traveling or you wanted a new car or there was something that you wanted to create in your life and it needed the form of money, the exchange of money to make it happen. So what did you do then? How did you make that happen? Because each of you that are listening to the show has at least one experiences, and I assure you, multiple experiences where you made a decision. It could be as simple as a dress. It could be going to school. I remember when um, I wanted to go to school, I wanted to go to university, and uh, the university I ended up going to um, for my last two years was was quite an investment, and I had zero resources as far as parental uh, assistance or anything. So uh, it was from a place where I said, I'm going and, um, and I, I don't know how. And that's often the place we really need to just jump into. You make a decision at, for the end, the end result that you're wanting, and then you co-create with the universe and you explore the how. And, and I believe we do that through our own meditative practice, our own intuitive practice, and, and working with this beautiful co-creative energy to make that happen. But the decision needs to happen first and foremost, and the believability of whatever you're wanting to create with the extraordinary resources of money um, can definitely support us. So just think, what did you want? What did you want to create in your life that you did make happen? You know, um, of course, you have other dreams, you have other desires right now that maybe aren't quite coming into play. But in the past, each of you have had something that you have created. So what did you do? What did you do? Maybe right now you're like, I haven't a clue, Deborah, and that's okay. But that's something that you can explore. And we're going to be talking about educating yourself, right? Um, uh, self, self-exploration for sure. And thinking back, what, what did I do? You know, maybe it was just what Deborah's talking about. I made a decision and I went after it. And, you know, I, I didn't stop until I made sure that it happened. And hopefully you did that with a lot of love for yourself and others and, you know, didn't bulldoze over people to make that happen. But if you did, that's a learning experience too. So attracting wealth in the form of money is what we're going to be talking today as part of your awakening. So I believe that we're all spiritual. That's something, <clears throat> I'm going to be clearing my, my throat a bit. I've had my own my own spiritual awakening in the form of an opportunity of some sinus stuff this week. So, um, which is another way we can awaken through illness. But you know, trust me, that one's not quite as fun. Um, so, I believe we are all spiritual, and I believe we are all divine aspects of the same oneness, the same cosmos, the same God, the same source. Uh, if you're listening to me for the first time, I often use a lot of different words to truly describe the same thing because all of the words are right if they work for you. If they don't work for you, just set them aside and make sure that you come up with your own word that makes you feel good about something that is this highest aspect of you, or higher aspect of you, your higher power, if you will. Um, 
So I believe also that we are all on an expanding spiritual journey. Now, often you'll hear people talk more about their spiritual journey because they have realized that they're on one. I feel like that's the only difference. You know, this idea of being spiritual, your spirit, your spirit being, um, whether you are very conscious, whether someone is very conscious about being on that spiritual journey, that they are spirit, that they are co-creators, really that's merely the only difference that I personally see. So, you know, there are people walking around who are maybe not aware that they are in my belief and many others, that they are a divine extension, that they are God source, that they are uh, these higher beings all collectively as one. And so some people are very awake to that idea and really um, consciously, you know, working their program, working their path on a, on a regular basis. Some are kind of in there and they're kind of awake and then napping and, and then others maybe we describe them as, as being a little sleepy. Well, the cool thing about um, having pain around the experience of money is that it can begin to, to um uh, get us questioning and asking um, if you so choose. If you stay in kind of the blame game, you know that, you know it's the people that have it and the people that don't, and you know if everything's outside of you. Well, you're not going to wake up too much in the beginning to this idea of money as a spiritual path, but it can definitely start to poke at you for sure. You know, for some people, money is is not a problem. They don't have a problem with it. Um, I have a client. She's so she's so sweet. She um, she even hides the fact that she has a lot of money. And um, and if she goes on first class, she you know she fibs to friends and says that she um, she's using miles um, because it's embarrassing. And so that's something that's a factor too to look at. How do we feel uh, about people with money? And we're going to be talking about that for sure. So. Um, as I said, kind of in the beginning, this idea, you know, money is just one way. It is one energetic frequency that we can look at to awaken to knowing that we are wonderful creators, that we are beautiful beings, that we um, are so much more than often we give ourselves credit for. But it can be with any subject, right? It can be any experience. Um, uh, you know, anything in our life experience can be an invitation to love. And thus, I just feel that money is definitely one of those subjects, one of those experiences. You know, are you experiencing lack around it? Are you experiencing limitation? Is it really flowing for you? Is it flowing for you when you would like more, right? It's all up to you. That's the beauty of this. This is your life. You get to play it out. And regardless of how you grew up, what your circumstances were or are currently, you can invite yourself and if you're on this call, you are inviting yourself to this call, this, uh, this show. I do a lot of calls, clearly. If you're on this show, then, um, then perhaps you are wanting more. And what is it that you're really wanting more and how you feel money can support that is in itself part of your awakening. I want to read just a wee bit, um, and we will be taking callers. So for anyone who's listening, um, I love it. As soon as I said that, my producer like, we have a caller. Okay, fantastic. Stand by, beautiful caller. Um, so in, in my book, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just going to read a little section. Um, 
think it'll just be concise and I won't miss anything um, in regards to a portion of my own story. So my awareness about money came from growing up in a family that didn't have a lot of it. I was embarrassed. Often my brother and I overheard my parents fighting about money, and I noticed the contrast between what my family had and others who had more. Although I didn't realize it then, I started creating a story, key there, that if we had more money, we'd be happier. I would take, um, it would take years of self-realization, practice, and an accumulation of material wealth to realize my misunderstanding. When I was eight years old, I began working um, as a mother's helper and making money by babysitting other people's children. I continually wanted to work and create more financial freedom for myself because of the gap between what I desired and what was actually available for me as a child. Subconsciously, though, what I was really trying to do was control feelings of sadness, loneliness, and fear when my parents were fighting. I can't remember a time when I didn't work, of course, clearly from, you know, I didn't work as a full-time job as an (laughs) eight-year-old, but because it was the only way that I could have things that my parents didn't provide for me, um, when I could work, I did. Even after I was married and had accumulated what I thought would bring me happiness, I realized that there must be something more because I was still feeling sad, lonely, and fearful. I had accumulated all of those things I thought would make me happy, including the nice house, the marriage, the kids, the dogs, and the family business, but something was still missing. So here I'm even talking about more than money, right? As I became more aware, I gradually realized that those things were not what provided happiness for me. I am responsible for my happiness. Those things merely gave me more options, comfort, and freedom to choose. And then for me... Creating freedom for myself has always been the motivating energy propelling me forward. And that is my motivating energy around any kind of accumulation or opening up around financial freedom. And financial freedom uh, for each of you is going to be different. Remember, not everyone wants the same level of material wealth. Not everyone feels that desire. Not everyone feels that need. And, um, and many people have gotten to a certain level where they've accumulated a lot of it and then they've gone, oh my gosh, I've arrived here and what have I arrived at, right? So again, here's this opportunity, right, for, um, for looking at this idea of money. <clears throat> so uh, let's look at an aspect that's very relevant for most of us that on a daily basis, we are exchanging money. We are doing something with money. And um, whether that is, you know, just our basic needs are around food, right, clothing, shelter, water. I mean, those are, those are you know, we're going to go really basic here. Um, but these are the things we need. And in our culture, most of the cultures where you're going to be able to listen to this radio show, um, you know, I, yes, there's bartering and all that kind of stuff. And that, that's great. That's its, own, that's its own form of energy exchange. But we're talking about money as the form of energy exchange today. So unless, you know, you're living off the grid, and even then those that say they're living off the, the grid need some sort of exchange in order to maybe get clothing, and, unless they're doing it all. And I don't know, I don't know anyone like that personally. Um, so um, Anyways, uh, the idea is that we are mostly exchanging energy in the form of money to even get our basic needs and then even more, 
even more, right? That's why you're here. You're wanting more. Perhaps you're wanting um, to accumulate more money to to go back to school or send your kids to school, or maybe your car needs fixing, or maybe you just you you want to create so much wonderful wealth that you can travel, or you can go to a different country and build a school. You can you know work with um, the needy, the less fortunate than you. There's just so many wonderful things you can do with the energy of money. So I see it and I look at it in a reframed way. Uh, um, more than some people um, um, do, because often we have this idea that you know that it's evil, that um, you know that it's bad, that it's wrong, that something's wrong with wanting to have financial freedom in the form of money. And I just don't see it that way. I really see that I have more options. I have more choices. I can create more comfort for my family if I choose. I can create more comfort for those around me. I can send my children to school. Um, I was able to go to school myself, right? I mean, I need I needed to do loans, so I needed to get, you know, a credit line, if you will, and then pay it back once I started working. <clears throat> but there's so many different things that each of you are wanting, and there's nothing wrong with your desires. Your desires are part of your wonderful spiritual experience. You have desires for a reason. The only tricky thing here is if you are like me and you are not necessarily um, a very happy person in general, a very joyful person in general, I assure you the accumulation of wealth is not going to change that completely at all. You're going to land where I did, which was, holy you know what, huh? Okay, so I have the nice house. I have all these things. You know, I've, in a way, I, I'm living the American dream. You know, at that time is what I was thinking. You know, I wanted to have the children and the, the husband and, you know, the dog. And, you know, I mean, right? I didn't have a picket fence. But, you know, that, that, that ideal that some of us grew up with, um, feeling like if you just have that, right? If I just have more money, if I just have the house, if I just get married, if I just have the whatever, that I'm going to be happy. And the extraordinary thing for me, and I see for many people too, is you get there and if you've arrived there and not done um, your inner work and other places, um, it doesn't feel so fulfilling, which then can really um, kind of throw you one way or the other. For me, I started to explore. Okay, so if I am not feeling happy and joyful and all these different things that I was hoping for, then what's missing? Now, um, and I'm, there's, of course, more than two ways, but in, in general, there's kind of two themes that will happen at that point for people. Uh, they will say, see, it wasn't worth it. Or, you know, uh, in the pursuit of getting money, I, I lost my family or I lost whatever. And they arrive and they, they might feel bitter. They might feel so empty that they don't see the, the pursuit of, of money and then deeper exploration together as being worthy. And, and there might be a bitterness, you know, um, this is where people are, can get very bitter about the idea of money, even after they've accumulated it. So is, is money the answer to everything that you're wanting? Absolutely not. Is it an invitation to love? I believe it is. So that in itself, to me, is absolutely part of um, our awakening. So it's a current. It's a, it's a, a current of energy um, that we can put a value to, right? And it's interesting. This morning as I was thinking about our show today, I just saw this idea of the farmer. So when we go to basic needs of um, of food, and of course, I'm not going to give the complete thread of currency of money, but you know, this idea that the the farmer is going to need as, as simple as we're going to be really like kindergarten here, okay? So you know, doesn't need to be so so high techy, but this idea that um, 
the farmer needs to to have seeds, right? So where does he get his seeds? He's going to need to purchase those seeds, right? He's going to need to have land. And so he's utilizing his um, money to invest in seeds and different things he needs to grow the crops. Then he's selling those. Someone's giving him or her, I shouldn't be so sexist there, someone's giving the farmers, the farming family, um, money in exchange now for that crop, right? And then that crop is then taken uh, maybe straight to market or then sold. Uh, Someone else is investing in that crop to maybe sell at their local store, at your local store. And then we're taking the energy of money that we have uh, accumulated through our work, our, our job, our however we're getting it, and we're going to the store and there's just there's this constant current this constant flow of this exchange of energy we call it money it's just energy that's all it is everything is energy and money is no different Uh, we just put a value to it right so if you're working at taco bell there's a value for your hour that you're working there versus maybe working on Wall Street uh, or at an In-N-Out Burger. You're going to make more money at In-N-Out Burger than you are talking about. I'm going really basic here, but you get the idea. Um, And just a reminder, we are going to take some calls. So um, I know I think we had a dropped line, but um, be patient because I want to get, I want to get some bulk in here before we start conversing um, live, but I I love, I would love for you to call in for sure. So there's this currency, there's this exchange, we're exchanging our, our products, our services. And in truth, especially as an entrepreneur, um, if that is what is being called to you as part of your own awakening, you know, you get to place a value, anyone, I mean, someone could bring that crop, right, of cucumbers to the market and say, you know, it's $100 a pound. But if someone down the road is selling it for, you know, $1.99, clearly most people are probably going to um, invest or pay less for it. But the, but the truth is you can make a decision um, of what you feel the value is for your time, your efforts, your um, ideas, your education, uh, your inspirations, your intuitive hits. You get to decide that. Um, there are certain markets, of course, that where collectively we've decided perhaps what a doctor makes versus a lawyer. Um, but again, you have a choice whether to jump into uh, those particular um, fields of careers or not. It's all a choice. And, and I think even around that, too, you know, we're, when we're young, we have this idea that um, – and this is definitely part of our spiritual path around money and just our own awakening. You know, it's 16, 17, 18, you know, all of a sudden our counselors at school are saying, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? You know, gosh, darn at that age, kids are like, I just want to be out of the house. It's away from my kids. Yeah, we have away from my kids, away from my parents. Right. And, um, not necessarily knowing. And we have this idea that we're expected to know what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Well, that's not always the case, right? That we're going to know that some people do, uh, if, definitely feels rarer because most of us are not so in tune to our own deeper awareness and knowings. But in general, most people are going to have multiple careers and experiences because they're taking they're taking this wonderful journey to help them hone what it is that they desire, what they what they love to do and want to do. And that in itself obviously is mixed with the idea of of how much money you are making, you're bringing in, you're attracting for sure. But there's this idea of value. So if we just look at it kind of, you know, dollars for hour, dollars for 
product or whatever, we do see that there's this idea of value. And I believe that where we look at the idea of spiritual path and our spiritual awakening is what is our own value? What do we value for our time in exchange for our services, our products, our ideas, whatever we're doing, either as our own entrepreneur or as, um, you know, working for someone else or whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. And what I love about this is, um, is we can see within our own human experience where we feel worthy or not, where we feel deserving or not. Just imagine if you've ever had a time where you started to feel, you started to have this sense that um, you weren't making enough money. Kind of, you know, that's kind of the languaging. It's like, this job isn't worth it. You know, I'm putting in more time or more energy or whatever it is, and I'm not seeing a value um, <clears throat> of exchange that I'm in agreement with. That right in itself, in that moment, is is this impulse from within you that's saying, hey, there's something more. There's something more I could be doing. There's something more that maybe is calling to me. And, and to me, it is an act of self-love to say, huh, I believe I'm worth more. And so I'm going to find or do something different or ask for a raise in order to accomplish that and feel that balance, that um, that alignment, that equilibrium, then where, you know, maybe you were making $18 an hour and then you decided, uh, you know, I want 20 an hour and you go and ask. Well, a lot of people don't go and ask. Um, and this goes, again, this goes to this idea of money as a spiritual awakening because in that moment most people do not feel comfortable asking for more money because they're in a quandary still within themselves of am I worth that and it's interesting because the truth is we are worth so much more than than any amount of money but as we play in this human field in the spiritual plane of the earth we definitely have this idea that okay I'm willing to say this is this is how much money you would need to invest in me to get my product services or whatever. So um, so absolutely, it pushes at us. It, it, you know, people will feel anxiety. People will feel angry. They'll feel all sorts of things when they're going to ask for a raise. Um, or they'll create a lot of chaos and just leave the job and not ever really share from a very authentic place what's up for them. So is that definitely a part of your spiritual path? I absolutely believe so. So in the human experience, <clears throat> through our jobs and through um, however we are attracting this uh, energy of money, we are really ultimately having this invitation to catch up uh, to our soul knowing. See, our soul knowing is that we are worthy. In our human experiences, most of us are thinking we're not very worthy right? We may act like it, but deep down we, we definitely have some, and I've seen this consistently with my clients, um, that there's some worthiness issues for sure. And, um, and those are things that we get to explore if we choose as part of our awakening. So in our soul knowing we're worthy, we're already worthy, 100%. There's nothing we need to do or be or whatever. We just need to let go of anything that we've attracted and really taken on that has any kind of energy that we're unworthy. And money and things around money can support us doing that. It doesn't do it for us. It's an invitation for sure. 
deservability, you know, this idea of deserving, um, you know, we often even educate our kids. Well, you know, you don't deserve that unless you do good things or if you, unless you're, you know, stop avoiding having these bad behaviors or whatever. So we, we learn all sorts of interesting ideas and things around deservability and money. Um, even there's a lot of shame that can come up around money for sure. You know, we get money taken away, our privileges taken away as children and all of those things, you know, our parents, did the best they could and lots of positive, you know, reasons for things they did. But, you know, most of us grew up getting a a bizarre, twisted idea about money, um, unworthiness, deservability, when in truth, our soul knowing and what we're catching up to is, um, is that we are worthy and that we are deserving. And you get to choose at what level you want to move up in your, uh, I'm going to call it your deservability rating, um, that um, that you'd like to go to next. Perhaps that's the invitation for you today. Is your invitation to love your spiritual and wealthy invitation? Is that um, that you are worth so much more? And what would you like that to be? What would you like your next level to be? We're going to be taking a break here on our spiritual and wealthy show, and we're going to be coming back and we're going to be talking about money and the spiritual path. Stand by. Atian Wilson returns with more of the Spiritual and Wealthy Show after this short break. Hi, I'm Gary Mans. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We bring a unique talk radio show your way every Friday and Saturday. Whether it's ghosts or UFOs, angels or the afterlife, Bigfoot or your big dreams, you get variety. Everything from pop culture to the paranormal. Visit our website, mansandmitchell.com, for a list of upcoming guests, show times, or to listen live from anywhere. Mastery and Mystery. That's Manson Mitchell on Alternative Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Spiritual and Wealthy Show with spiritual and wealth coach, Deborah Atien Wilson. She enjoys kicking the old mindset to the curb that life needs to be spiritual or wealthy when you can actually have both. And so with more of her raw, authentic, and tell-it-like-it-is trademark radio style, here's your host, Deborah Atien Wilson. We don't take long breaks around here, that's for sure. I'm not a fan of, of commercials, so clearly uh, my, my my little commercial break is short and sweet for sure. Um, I'm one of those people who like get up, you know, if I'm watching TV, I, I'm out of there when there's a commercial or I turn the station on the radio for sure. Okay, so we are back. We're talking about money and the exchange of money and money as your spiritual awakening. And clearly it's not the end-all be-all about your spiritual spiritual awakening, everything, remember, everything in our field, every experience, every um, every person that we encounter um, is an invitation to wake up. Today, we just happen to be um, kind of, uh, you know, gnawing lovingly on an appetizer of money and an aspect as, as part of your life for sure. So we get to decide the value of our time and we get to decide how much of an energy exchange we believe is joyful for us. Remember, I want to repeat this again, that not everyone wants the same level of material wealth. An example I kind of laugh and I think about often is 
my mom was looking through a magazine and um, I was, I was putting together kind of my vision, my vision for the year. I think this was last year actually. And, um, and she sees this wonderful picture of a, you know, wonderful small plane. And she's like, Oh, do you want this for your vision board? And I'm like, no, no. I have zero desire. What's less than zero? <laughs> Sub-zero desire to actually own a plane. I have no desire. It's not my thing. And there are other people that that is a dream. It's a dream to own their own plane, to fly their own plane, or to um, have their own plane that is flown for them, to travel around. I'm telling you, I have zero, zero, zero sub-zero desire. So just a a simple, um, you know, kind of goofy example, just to say, we all want different things. We all want different things. Um, you know, your house that you live in, your apartment that you live in, your condo that you live in right now may be perfect for you. Perhaps you want to create more financial freedom so you can travel, right? Some people just want a bigger house and a bigger house. Well, you know, reminder that the bigger your house, the more you need to clean it or you need to have additional funds to get someone to clean that for you. So again, it's whatever brings you the joy to create that you want. This is lovely. So going back to value, let's just play along. So hopefully if you are not driving, if you are in a safe place where you can close your eyes and you'd like to play along, um, often this is something I do. It's um, looking at the contrast uh, in the energy poles, if you will. And let's just look at value. Let's look at our receivability, where we are in our ability to feel that we deserve, right? That we are worthy to receive financial freedom, whatever that means for you. I can't define that for you clearly, nor could you define it for me, but we often go in incremental levels of what we, what we feel would feel free to us, where we would feel not the constraints of maybe living paycheck to paycheck. So I invite you to go ahead and close your eyes again, if you are safe to do so only. And I want you to see a pole in front of you. This is something I often do with many subjects. I've done it on air before. I do it with my clients all the time. So let's look at this pole. This pole is blank at this moment. We are going to put a value to it. And the energy is um, a value of zero at the bottom and 100% at the top. This is just so our logical mind can play along here. And whatever energy you feel is God, source, spirit, angels, ascended masters, higher self, nature, spirits, again, I'm unattached to the words. What's important is what works for you. Call forth love in the form of these different words that we are sharing or whatever works for you. Gaia, you know, there's so many. So calling for, so for me, I might call around my uh, angelic team, you know, my spiritual peeps, I call them. There's often uh, an archangel named Michael that I, I love to work with. Maybe it's the Christ energy, uh, you know, all sorts of beautiful beings. And I ask them in this moment and around you too, um, it, for you, it could even be white light they're showing me. So just surrounding yourself with the beauty of white light, knowing that white light in itself is a full spectrum of gorgeous rainbow colors and often beyond what we can even see with our wonderful physical eyes. So surrounding yourself with a beautiful white light seems very ge- generic and safe for some of you. And in this moment, we are going to ask, we're not going to try and figure this out. We're not going to be in our heads. We're going to really drop into our heart space, our heart knowing. And we're going to ask that this light, this God, this source, this spirit, these angels, these ascended masters, all of the love that surrounds each of us collectively, we're going to ask this to reveal an answer to us. So we have this scale zero to a hundred. We have this pole. It's blank. This is our deservability. This is our ability to receive. So 
at the bottom would be, I'm really kind of lacking, right? If you get a zero, you're kind of lacking, you're, you're really lacking, you're just really struggling, not able to receive. 100% is you're, you're open, you get it, you are, you're able to receive in multiple directions around the energy of money and other areas that support you with money too. So this is our money pull, our, our, our receivability, our deservability. So I want you to ask this white light, this beautiful light, this energy we're calling love in all different forms, to reveal to you on a scale of 0 to 100, where do you lie in your ability to receive? And breathe in. Trust the first thought that you get. Trust the first visual. Trust the first knowing, however it comes to you. Some people aren't very visual, and that's totally fine. But often we'll get a quick hit, we call it. We call it in my world, a quick hit where um, we have this kind of knowing. Please do not doubt it. Often this is... um, where we kind of go askew is that we doubt our first hit, our first knowing. Don't allow your ego to pop in. Just notice where you were, okay? Now, I'm going to ask you, do you like this particular number or this area that you're, you're, um, you're at? Would you like it to be bigger? In other words, would you like to have the ability around your own worthiness, your ability to receive, would you like to increase that? See, I believe it's all about intention, intention to, to uncover, to discover, and to make anew. So in this next moment, I want you to make a decision. If your answer is yes, great. What we're going to do is we're going to imagine, we're going to intend together that we can have this tuning uh, fork, this tuning volume. We, we can increase the, the bandwidth, if you will, on our particular number. So I have my own number, you have yours, or you have your, you know, kind of a set point where you know it's somewhere, you know, halfway up or, or, or three quarters up on that scale. So what I would like you to do now is intend to move that at a rate that you feel comfortable. You know, if you're at 25%, it's probably going to be tricky to go to 100 and feel that that is believable. Where we say comfort, we're saying an area that we feel could be believable. You know, if I'm at 50, uh, okay, you know, maybe I can move it to 60 just for now. You always have the ability to move it again. Just this is an intention to say, yes, spirit, yes, God, yes, divine love, yes, universe, cosmos, I am saying in this moment, leaving behind whatever from before, in this moment, I would like more. I, I would like to feel, I would like to experience, I would like to explore feeling more deserving, feeling more worthy, catching up to who I really am and cranking this number up. So in whatever way, even if it is a 1%, this is valuable. So please don't dismiss that. Go ahead and move this up for yourself. Trust that you're doing it. Imagine just turning a knob or just intentionally moving it up. And then go ahead, just this is for our logical egoic mind, put a lock on it. Lasso it. Put a rope around it. Put an anchor on it. Put whatever, you know, put glue it, you know, hot glue gun, uh, whatever. Do something that you feel is fun and playful that locks that in place. And what we're doing right here is we're just setting an intention saying, I want more. I'm listening to Deborah, and I'm, I'm picking up on some things that she's saying, and gosh darn it, yeah, I, I deserve more. I already deserve more. I don't need to be or do something different. I deserve more. So then you get to open up this whole uh, plethora of possibilities of how you can come to know that you are already deserving, you are already worthy, and open up some new channels to receive 
financial flow and financial freedom in a various uh, a sundry of ways. All right, so go ahead and put the lock there. Take a breath in, receive a breath. <sighs> and just coming back into the space. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more about what that might initiate for you. So let's just talk about this idea of happiness. I read for you this idea that, you know, accumulating uh, money, financial freedom in the form of wealth did not necessarily bring me happiness, right? Um, we, we often hear there's a lot, you know, it doesn't matter again, what the subject is. Um, you know, for some people it's, uh, well, if I just get married, if I find a partner, I'll be happy. You know, it's the, if I just fill in the blank, um, you know, right there, you're, you're already going to be tripping yourself up. So just notice, first of all, if you're saying that, if I just have more blank, if I just have a blah, 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 whatever it is, um, you're already in trouble. You're, you know, you've, you've, jumped out of the chute and you've, you know, you've basically fallen down right there. So just get up, dust yourself off, continue listening to this. And I'm going to give you some hints and some ideas and some things to begin to look at that you can take this, just the show. I mean, this show is not the end all be all clearly. I mean, I teach uh, on this subject and uh, the subject of intuition and all sorts of other wonderful foundational things, um, you know, for months and months and months at a time with my clients. But in a nutshell, we can condense some of this stuff and give you kind of their same <laughs> spirit saying your starter pack, right? Uh, and some of the stuff you already know, but it's just things to just mm, look at it again. So this idea of, you know, feeling a lack of money um, propels you to think that, well, I'll have more happiness, we'll be happier if I do. And again, remember, that's not necessarily true. Um, but the cool thing I said before, and I want to say it again, is that as you accumulate uh, again, if you're not working on that, those inner resources, if you're not finding the gratitude and the joy in daily life, no matter where you are at this moment, no matter what level your bank account is, um, you might be quite disillusioned when you arrive. And I put that in kind of air quotes here for you when you arrive at your next level of wealth. Okay, because if you weren't happy generally before, if you weren't in gratitude before, if you weren't feeling that life is, you know, full of miracles and wonder and deliciousness uh, along this crazy wild ride of earth, then you might um, feel pretty much the same as before you arrived at your, your next level of financial freedom. But the cool thing is it gives you a lot of contrast because it may awaken you even more to question what's missing. So my recommendation is to, um, is to not necessarily go in this direction of just trying to accumulate, but utilize this as a place of deeper spiritual awakening. And I want to give you some ideas for your own awakening. Um, ultimately, uh, like I like to tell people, you know, if, if for example, you wanted to become... Um, you know, an orthopedic doctor, you would go to school, right? You would learn from people who are already doing it, who have information around the different subjects that would be required to become an orthopedic surgeon. And, um, uh, you, you know, you just don't wake up one day and just become that it's, first of all, it's just not legal in here in America for sure. Uh, but you know, you might try it somewhere, but you know, you get what I'm saying. We go to school for things that we want to learn more of. And so why, wouldn't the subject of money and and the prospect and the spiritual path of money be any different? Think about that. If you want to learn something, you you do something to pursue that information, right? You put your time, you put your energy, and often, hmm, interesting enough, here's an energy exchange. 
you invest your money to do so. And people will say, well, I don't have any money to do that. You know what? Go to the library, get books. There's so many, um, there's so many things that, um, that you can do that don't require a high investment or you, you know, you can invest as much or as little as you want in learning about money. But my point here is that you need to initiate that from within yourself. It's not just going to happen. You cannot continually to think the same thoughts, do the same things, um, have the same beliefs about money and expect something to change around your financial freedom. And my book is all about creating a life of freedom. And I'll tell you, I think the shocking thing for people is you would think that it had tons of, you know, like (laughs) um, they're saying, get rich quick schemes in there for making money. It doesn't. It's about self-exploration and really deeply learning to love yourself, others, and the world in such a way that you create a lot of freedom for yourself, including the financial um, freedom that you are desiring. So you... Your invitation is, what the heck are you doing? Do you like that? What the heck is your spiritual invitation? What the heck are you doing to investigate and learn about the power, the energy, the freedom of money, of the energy of money? There are so many books. There's so many audios out there. There's so many meditations uh, that you can grasp that you can invest in your time as well as your, you know, clearly your energy and the energy of money into exploring. Um, I like to call it being a spiritual detective. You must become your own spiritual detective. And part of that is to really, to really learn about, um, what you think, what, what do you think about the people that have more money than you? So no matter where you are on the scale, no matter if you make a million dollars tomorrow, you know, you win the lotto or something, there are going to be people who have less money than you. And there are going to be people who have more money than you. So from right right where you are right now, one of the biggest things that I talk about when I work with clients, especially when they're saying, Hey, I want more financial freedom is, is I ask them the question I'm going to ask you, and you may want to take some time later or right now to just quickly jot down your first thought, best thought, not best thought that it sounds good or someone else is going to like it. Often what you think about people with money is quite fascinating and, and, and quite judgmental. And that's just where we are. That's okay. So what do you think about people who have money? Just think about that. What are the first thoughts? What are your first words, right? Um, I, I have one, uh, <clears throat> one dear, dear family member who said the word lucky and, um, and I thought that was a great, positive, wonderful thing for her to say. And yet there's a lot of exploration because the idea of lucky sounds like it just happens. And that's not true. So I get that she um, feels that they're lucky. Um, clearly she feels that they're luckier than her. But I would explore if I were her. So what does lucky mean? You know, did that just happen for them? Because nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. And um, I've had other people say a whole lot of things and some pretty crazy, what we would say, nasty things about people with money. So here's the thing. If in your list of what you think about people with money um, is um, are some words that have a negative connotation to you, right there, that is your invitation to explore that because easily you will be able to see, as I show you, that 
if, for example, I'll use one of my words, okay? So one of my things that I've needed to explore is, um, and this was having lived in California, having spent a lot of time in um, Orange County, um, where there is uh, a lot of money, and then there's a lot of people who are trying to look like they have a lot of money. And and at that time, I seem to encounter, not everyone, please, this is not a blanket statement for Orange County at all, because I have some beautiful, beautiful friends and people and, you know, customers uh, in that area. So this is not a blank statement. But the idea, what I was attracting at that time, probably because I had it myself, of course, is I felt that when I encountered people who had um, uh, a certain amount of money, you know, that I was looking at as being um, extraordinary, maybe extraordinary wealth, I found that our conversations were shallow. I found that they wanted more to know about you know, what that, the idea, what do you do and what do you have for me? That's kind of the level I was attracting at that time. And I didn't like it and I didn't want to be a shallow person. So I had to look at that belief of if I accumulate and when I accumulate more wealth, is that going to mean that I'm shallow? And I know that might sound really simplistic, but I'm telling you the beliefs that each one of us have accumulated are extraordinary they're extraordinary. And these extraordinary beliefs, whether they're negative or positive, are having effect on the outcome of your life. So my invitation is to absolutely become a spiritual detective and and look for clues, begin to notice things. Um, and particularly, let's start with learning about, you know, people with money. Um, what do we think about them, right? So in that this is the really this can be a fun part so each one of us i bet could find a couple people out in the world maybe they're in our family maybe they're friends um maybe they are more celebrities in some way that have a level of money or at least have have maybe even more than what you're wanting but they've been able to create some form of wealth that you admire so these are people that you admire it's it's a way to reframe and look that there are people out there that have money that you can admire and you can emulate and you can learn from that are doing great things, right? Family is important to them. Their health is important to them. Being of service is important to them. Maybe all the things that you value, only you can choose what are your, you know, your values around that. But there are people that you can learn from. You can study them. You can study their life. And I'll assure you, most people that you're probably attracted to on some level have come from a place where they didn't have a lot before. So how did they get there? How'd they get there? You could also kind of explore just for some contrast, people you don't admire, people maybe that you judge that aren't doing so, um, so, uh, what we would say, they're not doing the positive things that maybe you feel are positive with their money. But again, it's their choice, their money, their life, their, you know, their wonderful journey. But you can also learn from them because there's common threads between the two. And it's not about being a good person or a bad person. It's not about doing things legally or illegally because clearly you could do both. I'm not encouraging that, of course, but Clearly, in our in our world, we have people doing both, right? We have people earning wonderful financial freedom legally and illegally. But what are they doing? What what's the common thread there? Those are things to investigate. 
again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, and I know we don't have too much time and I have so much material on this. I think we might even do, just so you know, we might do a part two next week. Um, I'll just bump bump whatever I had going on for next week. But there's, there's a common thread there and it goes back to what we were talking about where there's common threads. And it really goes with intention. There is um, a clear defining um, intention of what they're wanting. And there's an emotional attachment. They want something and they're going to go after it and they're going to make it happen. So there's consistent thought for the end result. They are feeling the end result, truly. And they're doing things on a regular and daily consistent basis to move them in that direction. So again, it's not about being a good person, a bad person, or whatever. Those are judgment calls that we all have, and we all have various um, levels of ideas of what that is. But setting that aside, this is about you and I and anyone else exploring this realm to create what we are wanting, right? Whatever that is in the form of financial freedom, and, and learning how we go about doing that. Right. So one of the things to investigate and explore. So this is a path. We're calling this a spiritual path. When we're on a path, imagine yourself hiking in nature. Uh, you're, you're on a path you've never been on, um, but you know that you, you know, it goes five miles and you're going to take it to the end and then you're going to loop around or you're going to come back or whatever. But you have this, this idea you're going to go on this, um, this path and you don't know exactly what's going to be on that path, but you certainly could explore it. You can turn over rocks. You could, you know, look behind bushes. You can do all sorts of things. No different. I know that's simple, but no different than you exploring the path of your own wealth in the form of money. And looking at your own beliefs is key. Again, looking back to the idea of what do you believe about people with money, right? What do you believe? What are you going to believe about yourself? What's going to be different, right? You can investigate your consistent communication about money. It is such a clue as to, um, as to what, um, what energy, if you will, that you have, all right, around money. It's a big clue because if you're consistently talking about lack and limitation around money and not enough, or you, you're seeing, um, you know, the, the, in your opinion, unfair, um, advantage of people with money versus not all that kind of stuff. Those are things you need to explore and they will need to be cleaned up in order for you to move forward. For sure. So I know we have about six minutes left and we happen to have someone on the line. So I'm actually going to, um, I'm going to stop there and uh, we are going to pick up promise. Um, as long as I'm up in and after next week, we're going to continue this part two with money because it's a, it's a big item for people. And the more you can come into alignment with your understanding, your beliefs around it, um, really it, it will affect multiple areas of your life. So we have Ula on the line. Ula, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Ooh, welcome, beautiful. You're so great. I love that you, you call in and you call in consistently. Look at that. I love it. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> She's um, so cute. One of the things I wanted to comment on is when we did the International Angel Circle, and I had that epiphany about forgiving myself for people who had forgiven me my debts, but I had not forgiven me those debts. Right. And once I did that, this, since that call this Saturday, I have felt freer in going, okay, now I can call forth what I want because I, love I don't it. have that. 
I love again. it. That's huge. So for people who don't know, Ula, I'll just say, so um, once a month I do um, what's been renamed Spiritual and Wealthy International Angel Circle. And it's it's a time where we get to, um, we kind of get to flex our, our spiritual muscles, our, our intuitive muscles. Um, I share content like I do on the air and then we do a guided meditation and we do a sharing. And um, I never know what it's going to look like as far as the meditation goes. Um, but we were utilizing this idea of forgiveness and, um, and how important it was in linking to uh, to our financial freedom and to money and i just love that Ula. i love that. that that was huge it's like a pack i mean i energetically can see you like just laid down this pack um and we do talk about forgiveness in the book as i i know you know um which is really really important yeah. and so again you just brought up another another thing we can even talk about um next week is this idea of forgiveness and how there's different there's different things that we're thinking there's different energies that we are carrying that as we start to explore this idea of money and and financial freedom what happens is these different subjects will raise their sweet little heads and invite us to clear ourselves right because okay so here's the deal definitely in yeah i want and i know you're so great at allowing me to use you as a wonderful example and your soul is like hey pick me i'm all for it which is lovely so so with ula you know one of the things she was doing is in not forgiving herself around some things that had to do with money and um and debt and things like that in not forgiving herself she was not in alignment with her highest self she was creating separation so from an energetic field think of her as a magnet right she was really in the anti she was anti-magnetic to her her good but at the same time she was magnetic to perhaps creating um, different areas of chaos or feeling bad or feeling uncomfortable or unworthy or whatever she was separating herself with this unforgiveness that was holding in her body and she was actually repelling so think of it as kind of your um, cleaning up this energy wherever money is is asking you to to look at our lives um, it's cleaning up our magnetic field Field so that we can stand more in that idea of receivability and worthiness and begin to really attract what we're wanting. I love that. Um, right. Ula, Ula, what else What else can I do for you? We have about three minutes. I mean, really, you did I it for me. I guess my biggest yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, what's, like, what, what's next? Yeah, we have two minutes. What's next? How, how to get young children to understand value. I mean, they, they do chores, they do things like that. They, you know, might tithe a little bit, put a little in the bank, put a little bit. They don't fully grasp it and how to gently guide them. That's another call. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that's a, yeah, that's holy cow. That's a book right there. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm just, I'm going to come back to you first. I believe, you know, we can become the greatest teachers when we're in the process of learning it and doing it ourselves. And so I would really love to see you, you know, really opening up to an area like I'm just going to ask you in what area of your life can you value your time, your energy, your financial freedom more so than maybe you did last week? What comes up for you? What's your area? Um, <laughs> working on my book. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. Confirming <laughs> authorship. Okay, so that that is right. your way. And what you can do is you can talk to the children I know that you work with and stuff about that. This is what I'm doing. I'm learning to feel the worthiness around money and to feel the value of myself by going ahead and doing what my soul is calling me to do. 
Okay. And we can talk about this more because I know you're in, um, in my spiritual and wealthy um, group coaching and I just love you for calling in. We're going to end on this note. You go right young lady and I will see you all next week. Thanks Ula for calling in. It was perfect. You're welcome. All right. So next week, namaste, we're going to jump back into exploring money. I have all sorts of other information. I mean, we could yammer about this for weeks and weeks, but until then have a blessed week, expect miracles and start investigating your worthiness around money. Thank you for joining us today on the Spiritual and Wealthy Show. For more information, you can reach Deborah on angelsandprosperity.com. This and other programs in the series can be downloaded free of charge from iTunes. The Spiritual and Wealthy Show returns next Wednesday at 11 a.m.